Hello everyone, welcome to Call a Save Point But Not For Me, where we're going to be dropping ground zero on the greatest podcast of all time. I'm your lone courier, Declan Verbencore. And I'm your uh, Vault 11 survivor, Tully Hodgkinson. Lame. So Fuck off. <laughs> to- <laughs> today we're going to be covering um, the world-renowned Fallout Vegas by Obsidian Entertainment and Bethesda. Um, so this isn't going to be like the, like this game hasn't been held up to the standard of some of the other masterpieces but it's put up there with one of the best or one of the better um, RPGs of all time. So I'm pretty excited to talk about it but on the other end we're all we're we've been just doing bangers lately, and the positivity's through the roof. I want to go through something soon that's like negative, negative, like you know, <laughs> Superman sixty four. Uh, I can't think of another game off the top of my head. <laughs> Ride to Hell Retribution. You know, getting into the actual episode here, um, what? were the uh the grounds to Fallout New Vegas that you started upon. So Fallout New Vegas came out in two thousand ten. I probably played mm. it for the first time maybe like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Um okay. and I think Fallout New Vegas was my first Fallout game for sure. Um and I remember I remember I liked it back then, but I kinda realized as I played through this most recent playthrough that I didn't I don't know that I really understood anything of what was going on when I played it as a kid so I think having this playthrough to kind of um kind of jog that memory I think definitely helped it in its standings because I don't remember necessarily it being a super memorable game when I played it as a kid you know right what about you um I'm actually uh when I was when I was younger, probably thirteen or fourteen, I received Fallout Three um, from my uncle, and I was borrowing it, played it. Um, didn't really like it. I thought it was too difficult. But that's because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so Fallout kind of left a bad taste in my mouth for a long time when I was uh, younger, up until now, but. Maybe like three years ago, I played Fallout New Vegas for the first time, and uh, I thought it was great. I, I was also at like the turning point. I was like, what, 16, 17? So I was like, that was like the point in time where I was like getting into politics. And this game is really political, like to a crazy amount. It really um, is. So it kind of like lit that fire in my belly as like a, a a metaphor there because uh i i don't know like it, it really struck a chord with uh my rebellious angsty 17 year old self mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i've kind of just loved that game ever since and uh, i don't think any other fallout game has really done the same for me when it comes to that kind of thing mm-hmm. i think there is kind of something you know even just beyond having 
like Fallout New Vegas being the particular Fallout game that sticks with you, like there is like a very brief period of time, like especially when it comes to video games from like maybe 15 to like 17, where, you know, that's kind of like, at least for me, that was sort of the point where, you know, like your your conscious brain starts to become aware of itself and like starts to retain things about you. And so something about like gaming in that particular period is like the games that I played from when I was 15 to 17 are some of the most memorable video games I've played in my life, whether they were, you know, new releases or old ones. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess that uh, that would stick out because I mean, like, you know, retention periods and I'll, I'm not like a huge um like <laughs> what I'm trying to say is don't take my mine or um, Tully's words as fact. We aren't professionals, but uh, it's like that is like the strong development point for your like personality and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what sticks with you is what sticks with you. You like something, you hate something. So obviously um, this stuck, you know. Yeah, because I, I kind of had, like, a similar experience to you where it was, like, when I played Fallout New Vegas the first time, like, I liked it, and I still beat it, but I didn't really get it, but then mm-hmm. come Fallout 4 in 2015, and I probably played that game for, like, 300 hours as a kid, or at least, you know, within that time period, and that game, like, I still love Fallout 4, and that, like, that stuck with me, so I, I had a much very, like, a very similar experience to how you did with New Vegas. Yeah. And I don't think Fallout 4 is great. I mean, it's a good game, but I don't think it's amazing, like, to the extent of where uh, New Vegas sits in my, like, game tier list. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely something I thought about a lot throughout this playthrough of New Vegas, was, like, I'd always propped up Fallout 4 as sort of being the better of all of the Fallout games, mainly because that was sort of the one I had just played within, like, a decent time frame of being a conscious human being. And so Mm -hmm. there was something about playing through New Vegas this time that, I don't know, it makes me want to go back and play Fallout 4 and see if it does hold up. Because I'm definitely an outlier when I think that... Because Fallout 4 is definitely not widely regarded as a very good Fallout game. And mm-hmm. I think I think Fallout 4 kind of being that first, like, real, like, conscious human being experience of a Fallout game kind of tainted it. And mm-hmm. Fallout, Fallout New Vegas definitely kind of... It, it made me feel some ways about Fallout 4, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, you being an outlier and saying that you like Fallout 4, I mean, it's... Like... It, it has a right to be liked. I mean, it's a, it's a good game. I've never actually beaten it, but I've gotten, you know, places in there. Um, and, you know, it's it's fine. Like, it's a good game. It's worth some praise. And, I mean, like, even one of our uh, mutual friends, uh, our brother-in-arms, if you will, <laughs> loves Fallout 4 to death. Shout out and Sparks. We'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was actually not talking i was talking about um narc but oh duh yeah well both of them both because i know or maybe i don't know i feel like because jacob and i have definitely talked about fallout 4 a lot and i think him and i kind of played it within that similar time frame but yeah you're right narc 
Narc does love Fallout 4. He's my... Yeah. He's one of th- three people that I know who like Fallout 4. Yeah. And, you know... Well, because I, I wasn't really, like... I never liked Fallout 4 all that much, so I never really got into those conversations with you guys. But uh, recently, I've kind of just... I was playing Fallout New Vegas, and uh, Narc was giving me a shit because I'm not playing 4. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking bastard. But, you know. <laughs> does Narc listen guy, to the though. show um I'm not sure if he does now but well, I'll listen to a couple episodes if he does hi Narc yeah, we'll, we'll just tell him to listen to this episode so that way he knows how much shit we talked about him <laughs> yeah just kidding buddy we love you <laughs> yeah um moving forward though I'm curious to know we haven't really talked about our characters really i'm just wondering what kind of play style you used so the problem like i games like um like fallout and even like elder scrolls games uh i've never really been one to stick with i guess specifically fallout because elder scrolls is a bit different but like Mm -hmm. fallout for me is not sort of conducive to any sort of like specific quote play style because for me it was always just kind of like you just kind of have a gun or you have a melee weapon and that's kind of like at least for me that's kind of like the two um Mm -hmm. so I didn't necessarily have any specific play style more than it was just you know kind of picking specific weapons that I liked over other ones I think that that was kind of what I how I took that approach to a, a, a like a a concrete play style, if you will. Okay. So, what weapons did you use? Uh, well, the first DLC I did was Old World Blues, and in that DLC, you get a weapon called the L A E R, and it's like a mm-hmm. it's just like a buffed up laser weapon. So I, that that weapon pretty much ran me through the entire game, and then here and there, I picked up some other stuff like a. I had a riot shotgun and a, a 44 Magnum, but um, mm-hmm. for the most part, I def I pretty much just tried to run that that layer as much as I could because that thing fucking trucked. See, I didn't like I don't like energy weapons, so I uh, my energy weapon skill was like 14 the whole game, and I never like really touched it. So I'm on the opposite spectrum there. I maxed out my I maxed out both my energy weapon and gun skill. Just because I fi- I my knew gun, I would my, be using both, so yeah, my gun skill was maxed. Um, but to be honest, my favorite part about this game is uh, dialogue. So my speech and barter were up too. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but what I used was just regular weapons. Usually, I used the twelve point seven millimeter pistol. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, not pistol, submachine gun, and a uh, riot shotgun, and um, an assault carbine. I think, I kind of actually do want to touch on, like, the dialogue aspect of this game, because I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I found so starkly different from, I mean, 4 specifically, but I mean most, like, the only other game that, I, that really comes to mind that specifies dialogue as its sort of own 
skill is like Mass Effect, but even then, like Fallout New Vegas, and I guess even three to some degree, they do it. It's it's so like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, it's it's very it's a very robust system. Like you know there there's a speech skill, and you can pass speech checks by joining certain factions and. Uh, characters will uh, have their dialogue change based off of like what story things you've done or what side quest you've completed like the the amount of dialogue in this game that basically I mean you you could probably go through the entire game like I mean you'd probably have to kill some shit but like as far as like main story stuff goes I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if you could get away with just like not killing anybody and just kind of talking your way through everything you know yeah, which is pretty much what I did, really. I mean, I tried to be a diplomat for, like, the whole game because um, that's how I um, usually resolve conflicts in real life. You know, like, I'm not going out of my way to fight people. I, I would hope you're... Try and call... I would hope you're what? not. I don't... I hope you're not running, like, a 12.7 fucking submachine gun and just walking through. Well, <laughs> that's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm not gunning down Walmart, but... <laughs> in real life, what is your speech skill? <laughs> in real life, my speech skill is, like... I'd, I'd give it, like, a 75, but there's also an anxiety modifier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bonus. The anxiety perk. Yeah. Um, plus 15 to um, being alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Minus five speech. <laughs> it's like those, um, like the two perks you pick in the beginning of the game, where it's like you get a bonus, but it's also you have a negative side effect. Like one of those yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you don't have a companion, you get a plus ten to being happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but that's not what I mean. I mean, like, I- I've never been one to actually like fight. You know, I've always tried to, you know break mm-hmm. conflict with words and so i mean it's it, it shows in a lot of uh games i play nowadays including new vegas like i'll pick dialogue or i'll be more prone to doing stealth things and avoid conflict you know and uh that's just me so um i can see the reflection in game and in real life you know yeah for sure it's like you know it's like the game definitely props dialogue up is like um if you want to look at it this way it's like you have three options right you can get into combat mm-hmm. or avoid combat which is like most most action rpgs are generally like that right but then new vegas adds a third option which is just to talk your way through everything but it's so mm-hmm. like in certain aspects of this game like it it almost treats it as though it's like the option you want to go with like Obviously, if you want to do combat the whole game, you can, and the game is great for that. But if you want to just talk your way through everything and use dialogue, you can, and it's great for that, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a great part about the game, the uh, being able to, you know, pacify people with different skills, even not, like, speech. Like, it can be you have uh, strength level 7, and you can intimidate someone to uh, back down as well and it doesn't just take from that one skill which i think is super interesting and uh can actually create for like crazy differences in each playthrough 
for sure. It's like there are so many different skills in this game. It's fucking crazy. That's actually I would argue it's kind of the one thing I like about Fallout 4 more than I like about New Vegas. Not the not like the skills themselves, but the way the game lays them out. Because in Fallout 4, it's like a nice screen where you get to see all of the list of skills and like what ones you have unlocked and what ones you can't. But in Fallout New Vegas, it's kind of just like a list of skills you have to pick from. And I find it a little less mm-hmm. intuitive, but it's like, I mean, every time you level up and you get to pick a skill, it's like, it's like actually fun to kind of go through the list and look to see what you can pick. Right. And then they even have the ones you can't get underneath that you go through. Exactly. See what kind of things you need for your next level up if mm-hmm. you want that skill. So all in all, basically the game is uh, super innovative when it comes to their skill selections um in that kind of setting i'm not saying that other games haven't done it before i'm saying for like a bethesda game um they hired the right team with uh obsidian and they knew what they wanted they had a nice vision for the game to be done in what 18 months yeah i'm pretty sure that's how long it was it's like this game they they built in a very small amount of time and it's very impressive Mm -hmm. it is kind of funny everything it is kind of funny to look back at Outer Worlds and just recognize how much of the Outer Worlds is like taken from the the frameworks of New Vegas like from mm-hmm. from like the 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 zoom into the face during dialogue and the emphasis on like talking your way through everything and even some of the like gunplay in those two games are very similar and I kind of I kind of enjoy it cuz it's like it definitely makes me enjoy the Outer Worlds more because it, it reflects so much of what New Vegas did before it. So let me ask you a question. then. Which do you prefer? Um, the the old world wasteland older brother or the uh, spacious um, sci-fi younger sibling? I find myself enjoying... Hmm... I think I like the post-apocalypse world better because it, despite the fact that there's like mutated animals and, you know, shit like death claws and like all this crazy shit, it still feels more like grounded than space stuff does. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to just kind of like brush away stuff. Cause it's like, Oh, in space, it's, it's space. Anything can happen. But in a nuclear wasteland, like it's a nuclear wasteland, but there's still like rules it's still earth yeah it's still earth and so it's it's easier to find relatability i think for me it's easier to imagine yeah i'd have to agree um i definitely prefer um new vegas over the outer worlds but um i mean that's no flack to the outer worlds it's still an amazing game if you haven't listened to our episode on that we give it crazy praise as well um so go check that out episode three (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean you know it's it's hard as well this is something that i want to bring up between those two games i'm not trying to like move away from uh new vegas specifically but um if you take those two they're very similar but it's hard to compare them when it's um such drastic changes in environment. So, That's true. 
we, we can't give like a fair like one is better than the other without like factoring in everything but it's hard to factor anything when it's so different i think the conversation isn't so much about like what parts like which game is better more so than it is about recognizing like obsidian knows how to do its action rpg formula very well and the fact that Mm. you know fallout new vegas came out in 2010 and the outer worlds came out in like what 2018 the fact that that Mm -hmm. eight year difference like there's an eight year difference between these two games but it's still so easy to recognize like the like outer worlds can pull from the framework of what new vegas was and do it very very well Mm -hmm. i definitely agree with that I just wanted to ask, like, I'm curious what, like, what did your playthrough look like? Like, what ending did you go with in that kind of ordeal? Okay. Um, for me, it was hard because I started, I messed up, uh, and closed off a couple, um, paths for myself. So I had to restart. Okay. (laughs) Um, but I, I ended up with the, uh, NCR and, uh. That was because I sided with Mr. House in the past and uh, wanted to change things up, but I don't like Caesar's Legion. And Yes Man is kind of just like a cop-out ending, in my opinion. Um, So yeah, I uh, sided with the NCR and realized that I also don't like the NCR. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, if I ever do play again, I'll probably go with Yes Man because, um, you know, even though I just call it a cop-out um it does also line up with uh my weird values of chaos that i hold at a high standard for no reason mm-hmm. um so i mean it might be a perfect fit for me but either way this playthrough ncr kind of garbage they were cool at first and then you realize how absolutely fucked up they are on the inside yeah they're just like they're just like just some bureaucratic cog in the machine yeah, and like you talk to any of the generals at first, they're like, "You've done a great help, uh, taking care of this and that, and the other thing." And then, um, all of a sudden, this person's telling you to assassinate like a big leader of someone else, and you're like, "What the what the hell?" Like, I don't want to go kill the kings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just think it's like they'll do anything in their power to get the strip. Yep, and get new New Vegas, and it's it's uh, very corrupt. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I did end up with them. What did you do? So, I in my first playthrough, like I said, I did the NCR, and I don't I don't really remember feeling any sort of way when I was a kid. But for this playthrough, I decided I was going to go with Mister House, and mm-hmm. you know, I got a pretty decent way through his storyline. Um, I got as far as the house always wins five, which is one of the last steps before, like the the Hoover Dam fight. Mm-hmm. And um, so I get I finish like I finish getting the boomers allied with me, and then like all the old people. Yeah, okay. I I, okay. I hired a bunch of baby boomers <laughs> to fight in a war with me. I had a legion. I had a legion of crotchety old white people at my back as I stormed Hoover Dam, mm-hmm. <laughs> took and took New Vegas for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> amazing. 
No. So there's a faction in New Vegas called the Boomers. Uh, they have a bunch of like explosives, and that whole quest line was just about getting them on their side or on your side anyway. Um, and so I returned to Mr. House, and he's like, "Okay, your next mission is to kill the Brotherhood of Steel." And that was like a record scratch moment for me because I had just gone out of my way to be friends with the Brotherhood of Steel. And it was very mm-hmm. clear that Mr. House was not going to compromise with me. So <laughs> I kind of, I weighed my options. I was like, okay, well, I know I don't want to side with Mr. House anymore. I don't want to do the Caesar's Legion because fuck them. I did the NCR already, so I don't want to do that. My only option, Declan, was yes, man. Yes, man. <laughs> uh-huh. so, and, and you're using it in the exact... Um, way that i was describing it as a cop-out it's not a cop-out okay so here was coming out of your side with mr house no because i could have done the exact same thing with the ncr i could have just immediately jumped right over the only reason i also could have technically done caesar's legion but by that point they are completely vilified against you and you can't like they don't fuck with you anymore Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i i went and i talked to yes man and I I was not aware of, like, what the Yes Man ending was. I just, like, Yes Man was just... Yes Man is the ending I always knew to be, like, it's the fastest ending in New Vegas because there's very little you mm-hmm. actually have to do. You don't have to, like, win over any of the factions. You just have to, like... You basically just have to kill Mr. House and win the Hoover Dam fight, right? Mm-hmm. So I talked to Yes Man, and I realized, like, as like, as he's talking, I'm like oh, this ending is about me taking over New Vegas, which I really liked. Because Yes Man was basically like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, you can tell me what factions you want taken out and what ones you don't. So I was like, okay, all of the factions I'm positive with, I'm like, Yes Man, don't fuck with them. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I went and did the Great Khan's quest line. Um, uh, So... So they left New Vegas at the end of the game. So I told Yes Man not to fuck with them. And I told him not to fuck with the Brotherhood of Steel because that was literally the whole point. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I, I sided with Yes Man and I took over uh, I took over New Vegas for myself, which I think is the best ending in the game. Hmm. I see. Um, I still like Mr. House because I don't like the Brotherhood of Steel. I think they're pretentious assholes. I just wanted their power armor, really. That's the only reason oh. <laughs> I sided with them. Man, I, I, I've i never liked power armor, but that's because I don't like heavy armor in most um, RPGs. Mm-hmm. I also had... Um, there's a companion you can get in the game, Veronica, and she's mm-hmm. from the Brotherhood of Steel, and I, I used her for much of my playthrough, and I felt really bad about taking her to go kill the Brotherhood of Steel with me. <laughs> so that was mm. also sort of why I decided not to. A weighing factor. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you killed Mr. House. It was cool. Sorry. I mean, he was kind of an asshole anyway. Like, he was just kind of using... he, All the factions in the game, except for Yes Man, like, they prop you up as, like you're going to help us take New Vegas and the Mojave, mm-hmm. but in reality, you're just like a puppet figure they're using for their own personal gains. And it's like, fuck that. I'll just do it myself. That's true. And then, like we were talking about at the end of the game, after I had killed every member of Caesar's Legion, I talked my way out of getting the NCR to back off instead of attacking me. So you killed the Legate? I did, yeah. 
I didn't kill the Legate. <laughs> I don't think I killed him in my first playthrough, but I definitely killed him in this one. I told him to fuck off, and he was like, okay. And then I went, and I was already with the NCR, so they just gave me, like, the Purple Heart badge or something. <laughs> I did... I killed Caesar himself ahead of time, though. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, because you, you said you did the Great Con quest line, right? I did the what? The, the Great Cons, where you try to oh. convince their leader to, to not side with Caesar's Legion. Yeah, and I, I was successful. Yeah, so I also did that quest line, but like I said, by that point, I was already vilified against Caesar's Legion, and there's a point in that mm-hmm. quest line where you have to break into their camp to find evidence to convince one of the Great Khan's, like, lackeys. So I basically had to walk through the fort and kill every member of Caesar's Legion to get uh, <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get this evidence to not side with a guy I already killed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So he was dead by the end of the game anyway. <laughs> so I I didn't do that. Um instead I tricked the uh Caesar's Legion scout they had there into saying some whack shit and then um assassinated Papa Khan. Oh, you killed him? Yeah, and then I had his underling side with the NCR. Oh. Yeah, I I went with the route of convincing the Great Khans to just leave the Mojave altogether. Yeah, I said fuck that. I was like, I'm not going to go to the Legionary camp and do all that stuff. Instead, I'm just going to kill them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just figured, eh, fuck it. They already hate me anyway, so I might as well just take them out. Yeah, I think I was still neutral with them at the time. But I just hated the idea of having to visit them at all because you don't need the platinum chip if That's you're starting with the ncr yeah so i was like fuck all that noise i'm never even gonna see caesar this entire playthrough i did and i didn't see him <laughs> there was a cool moment though at the end of the game when you're talking to the legate uh there is a part a piece of dialogue that acknowledges the fact that i killed caesar before the battle at hoover dam so mm-hmm. i got when i talked to the legate he acknowledged the fact that i'd already killed caesar and he was like, I mean, the will of the Legion is the will of the Legion, whether Caesar's alive or not. And I was like, all right, I'll kill you anyway. <laughs> so that that was cool. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, really cool things you can do in-game that don't even tie with the main quest line. Um, this is why I'm segueing directly into what were some of your favorite side quests that you did or things that you just happened upon. Is Ooh. there anything that stuck out to you? Um. I actually noticed through a lot of the game that I had a lot of trouble, like, finding things to do, kind of. Like, it felt like all the locations in the game are very spread out. So if you discover one location, it's really hard to just go from that location and, like, have a, a map marker indicate, like, another location that you can discover somewhere else, like... Mm-hmm. There's a perk in the game that you can get that just reveals all of the locations on the map that you can discover, and then you can just kind of go wherever you want. But until you get that That's perk... That's super overwhelming. Yeah, but like before you get that perk at the same time, I found it to be a little underwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. I think it took me probably 30, 35-ish hours to play through this game. Probably like... 20 of those hours were spent actually doing just like DLC shit because otherwise I found it really hard to find 
like side quests naturally. I felt like I had to go out of my way to look up certain things I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that can be an issue um, for some playthroughs because, yeah, if you just follow like the main quest line, and even if you don't, even if you try and stray across the beaten path, you'll never find things you'll find in another playthrough that you like try, you know? Mm-hmm. So like you can like blood um, hound, like sniff your way to every single location in a game that'll take you like days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're not trying to do that, it's going to be hard to find side quests. It's not like, I mean, I know this probably won't really strike a chord with you, but in Oblivion, there are, like, a ton of crazy side quests that you can just find by talking to random NPCs, and they, like, stick out like a massive sore thumb. Like, some of those quests are, like, hilarious or really cool for their time, but um, for this one, it's kind of like, you got what you got, there are ways to get around it. I mean, you can go through some kinds of side quests, which I tried to do. Um, like, I went to Jacobstown, um, which is a town full of uh, super mutants and uh, night stalkers. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a couple side quests there. Um, but, I mean, like, other than that, you have to go out of your way to find, like, a vault or something. And even then, there's not really much to do except for kill whatever's in there and take the loot. Yeah, exactly. There was definitely, like, a couple of side quests that I stumbled upon. Um, Like, at some point, I stumbled upon a side quest for a location called Black Mountain, where you have to, Mm -hmm. like, you have to stop whatever, like, tyrannical super mutant ruler is in there, and then you find out that, like, you can hack a robot to, like, revive it, and then you leave the building with the robot, and a super mutant in a blonde wig comes out, and they're in, like, a relationship together, and then they just go and fuck off to explore the wasteland. That side mess, that side quest was really fucking cool. Um, Mm -hmm. and there were, there were a couple other ones here and there that I kind of discovered on my own, but it, I, like, for the most part, I think most of the, like, side quest stuff that I did was, like, DLC shit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I liked recruiting hookers for the Atomic, um, what was it, Atomic Wasteland? Is that the bar in Freeside? I didn't do that. I didn't Atomic do any Wrangler. Of the, I didn't do any of the Freeside stuff. I remembered, what? Not, I remembered not liking any of the Freeside stuff in the original playthrough I did, so I just didn't touch it. I like the Kings. Yeah, well, that's true. But I did, I already had the, the cap like requirement to just get into new vegas mm. straight away so i didn't have to worry about like getting any of the fake passports or whatever it was i mean i did too but i didn't i i like just you know doing the thing for me i actually kind of find new vegas to be one of the least interesting locations in the game just because yeah, i feel like that's true i mean that's any game though like a lot of the main settlements in games like elder scrolls or fallout are kind of like I don't know, they're just, like, the least interesting because it's, like, it kind of... it It's the least representative of the natures of these games, which is to just explore and find whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So then what was your favorite place? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Like, settlement, not, like, location. So mm-hmm. it's just, like, populated area. <sighs> not including DLC. My favorite location... 
I don't know. I I did like Prim a lot. I liked doing like the small like side quests they give you to help Prim find law. Mm. I like that yeah, area a lot. Cool. I like all the villagers who live in Prim, like the the guy who runs the Mojave Express. He's fun. Mm-hmm. Or like uh the deputy. I like talking to him and rescuing him. I like that area. That's probably one of my favorites. Um I liked Novak, but just cuz I like uh um watching that that slave trade lady get her head blown off. That's true. I do. (laughs) I like that quest too. Novak is really fun. And it's not even like, it's like a hotel and a dinosaur. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the guy, like the guy in the dinosaur who's like, who runs the shop is trying to sell these stupid fucking souvenirs and nobody will buy them. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, do you have any weapons for sale? He's like, yeah, no one ever comes with it dinosaurs though yeah novak definitely is one of the locations in the game that has like the most personality and it works with very little to do it because all it really is is just a a big dinosaur and a sign that technically reads no vacancy but the only letters that are present are the letters no vac (laughs) and that's where the Mm -hmm. name comes from i i don't know i just there's like all the little things in novak i really appreciate yeah so uh, I touched briefly on, like, DLC stuff. I'm kind of curious. Like, what... Did you do any of the, the DLCs? Yeah, I did um, Old, World, Old World Blues. Oh, it's hard to say for some reason. And uh, Dead Money. Gotcha. I started Lonesome Road, but um, I started to get really bad crashing issues um, towards the end of the game. Not even just in Lonesome Road, but just, like, whenever I tried to, like, fast travel somewhere or, like, opening doors, I would just, like, get kicked out of the game. And I was actually getting a little pissed off. Um, so I had to back out of um, Lonesome Road and just finish the game. Yeah, Otherwise, just... I would have had a lot a lot more negative things to say about bugs and things, which are pr- uh, prominent in-game, but they're not, like, terrible. Yeah, I was, like... I mean, leave it up to any fucking Bethesda game to be, like, this game is probably the most I've had a game crash on me, like, since we started the show. It was, like, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. Like, it definitely wasn't to the amount that you're describing where you it was, like, ruining your experience with the game. But I remember thinking to myself, like, I've never had a game crash on me as much as this one does. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But that's conducive Dude, to honestly... any fucking... That's any Bethesda game, like... I love Bethesda, but man, their games are fucking buggy pieces of shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was like every like third or fourth door and like fast travel. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. I was starting to get mad. <laughs> yeah, so I just had to back out and do that. But yeah, those are I did the old world old world blues if I could say it right and uh did money. What did you do? I I did all four. I I managed to do all of the Sheesh. the DLCs. Although what a go getter! Lonesome Road was the last one I did, and I found that I was just kind of blowing right through it and skipping all the dialogue because I felt like I didn't have enough time. Because I was cutting mm-hmm. it, I only just finished it like the day we're recording. I probably finished mm-hmm. it is like it's twelve forty five right now as we're recording. I finished it at like ten o'clock, so I like mm-hmm. I was really on the wire as far as like playing it so lonesome road is probably the one i have the least interesting opinion about but yeah i played i definitely did play through all the dlcs Mm -hmm. um so then let's start with the easiest one old world blues i 
genuinely enjoyed that one, and it actually made me laugh quite a bit. It was <laughs> it was really goofy. Old World Blues is definitely like the most like like you said. It's definitely like the part of the game that takes itself the least seriously. Yeah, and it's just it's really funny everything mm-hmm. they do. <laughs> um, like all of the characters that are um, robots, because that's basically what it is. Like this huge science, or um, what's it called? It's like a huge scientific, uh, like a like a. It's like a science compound. Yeah, compound. That's what I was thinking of. Um, just like on the middle of nowhere in a crater, even though it was like originally in a mountain. Um, and it's called. I don't know what happened there. It's called Big Mountain. <laughs> yeah, this is the stupidest <laughs> fucking name. Yeah, and they they do surgery on you and make you a lobotomite, but for some reason your brain is still telling you what to do. That and I really liked I, the the old world blues. Like the fact it felt like that was the only DLC that gave you like a real concrete awar- reward, like the upgrades you get yeah. for having your your body parts removed. I really liked that. That was cool. And the stealth suit, if you max the upgrades, oh, yeah. it's really good. I did that too. Yep. And I like that it talks to you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like they've all got their uh, their like thick personalities, and Mobius was really funny because mm-hmm. he's just like a senile old man. Yeah. I will that say likes making scorpion robots. Yeah, there were there were a shit ton of those in like yeah. especially the later areas. Yep. I kind of had an issue with Old World Blues because like unfortunately my opinion of it was kind of tainted right off the bat because like I felt like I probably spent and this is not an exaggeration I probably spent 20 minutes just talking to these robots because they wouldn't shut up yeah that's true I like the first like 20 minutes to like half an hour of this DLC is just talking to these fucking robots who are belittling you the whole time and I it got really annoying after a while I liked it Mm -hmm. at first but after a while it just it went on and on and on and they would not shut up yeah and then I realized I was under leveled for the DLC so I just kept getting fucked up and I felt like I wasn't progressing and you can't leave you have to beat the DLC before you can leave so that Mm -hmm. that was a little frustrating but after a while like like I said once I picked up the that laser weapon I got, I, I kind of blew through that DLC pretty quick after. Yeah, I had issues just because I was only using guns and I had no energy weapon skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, long and short of that one, uh, pretty much you just um, figure out all of their dumb uh, drama that they have and then get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it definitely feels like, you know, there is, like, whatever drama they're going on, your character, or you, just you as a person, are so uninterested in it that it, it really does just feel like you're just doing what they're going to tell you to do, and then you're going to get the fuck out of Big Mountain because you want nothing to do with these people. Yep. Until the end where you can talk to them again, if you take, like, the peaceful route. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I spoke to the... Uh, the female one where she just like scans you up and down and then um you know has an ejaculation <laughs> i <laughs> that's a good thing i didn't go with the peaceful route then i just killed them all oh my god yeah um if you have a high perception um you can notice that she's staring at you a lot and then you're just like 
well, I can just breathe for you. And then she starts scanning you. And then the voice actor has to do like these weird robot sounds that are also like moans. And then she ejaculates. Oh, gross. Yeah. That DLC it's, is uh, super fucking weird. Yeah, it's it's really wild. Uh, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of the more just like, it feels like a shit post if a shit post was a DLC. Yeah. And then Dead Money was really fun. I enjoyed that. It actually had me kind of scared. I hated Dead Money. What? I did not like it. I hated that it took away all your equipment and then it stuck you with all this like shitty gear that you couldn't do anything with. I really hated it. That's why Dead I liked Money. it. <laughs> and I didn't. The only character I liked in that whole DLC was Christine, and that's because she doesn't talk for 90% of it. <laughs> I, I fucking hated Dead Money. Was, that's true, that's true. It was easily my least favorite part of the game. Like, it definitely has its charm. The atmosphere of that area is super fucking cool, and I really liked it. But it felt like it felt like you couldn't do anything to defend yourself. Like, I, I just kept getting fucked up over and over again, because all of the, like, ghosts that attack you are super strong, and you're super weak, and you're fucked. You really think so? I, I mean, I thought they were pretty easy. I felt except like for, I was having a ton of it. trouble. What what level were you when you went in? Uh, like thirty or forty maybe. Okay, I went in at like twenty five. Yeah, I no, really struggled. 20. I really struggled <laughs> through Dead Money, and I I just didn't like it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I, I liked it. I mean, I guess you know we have our opinions. I th- I thought most of the characters were pretty charming. I really liked the uh, dog and god. Thing yeah, that that, that was kind of cool. I liked that, and uh, I liked the actual Sierra Madre. I think the outside part was a bit tedious, but other than that, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's it for the uh, DLC that I've played. Uh, I'll probably just touch on at least the Happy Trail. I don't remember the name of that DLC off the top of my head. I just know it is the Happy Trail Caravan DLC. Uh, yeah. That one was probably my favorite. I really, I thought. Uh, Joseph Graham or Jonathan Graham, uh, the leader of the Dead Horses. He's probably one of my favorite characters in any Fallout game ever. He's so fucking cool. Damn, and I missed it too. Yeah, that was like easily one of the best DLCs in that game, for sure. And then Lonesome Road. I already touched on Lonesome Road a bit. I didn't really get to experience it much, um, but it was cool. I really liked the atmosphere of it, at least. Yeah, uh, I got in there for about 10 seconds and then left. <laughs> but either way. You just um, get to I'm... blow up a shit ton of nukes in that DLC, too. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. You missed out. And that's, that's the courier you hear about in all the other DLCs that's looking for you. Yeah. I Which I think is cool. I thought it was really cool because Lonesome Road was the last one I did, so all of a sudden this courier's talking to me. I'm like, oh, that's the guy they're talking about. It was really fucking exciting. Mm-hmm. And his voice actor is really good, too. All of the voice acting in all the DLCs is, for some reason, like way better than the rest of the main game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it had more time and oh, yeah, probably. production. That's true. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't really have much else to talk about with this game. It's just uh, good, wrapped up in a bow. <laughs> we still got to slap or cap it. That's true. Um, slap to the max. I really <laughs> like the whole aesthetic of um, old uh, uh, what's the like swing music. I really like that. Oh yeah, for sure. 
But like, so are we talking just like slap for like just the swing music or like the like the ambiance sound too, or like the, I the never games really listened the to game's it. original soundtrack? I had the uh, I had my radio on the whole time. Gotcha. So I didn't really listen. There isn't much. Like, a lot of it, there's no, like, real concrete soundtrack, because the soundtrack just kind of is the, like, 50s and 60s swing music they license for the game. Mm. Um, but some of the ambient shit in this game is super fucking cool. Like, when you're walking yeah. through a vault, and it's all ominous, and you can hear, like, voices whispering in your head. They do a lot of stuff like that throughout the game to, like, kind of set it up as, like, it definitely makes you feel very isolated in the areas they want you to feel isolated in, you know? Well, I yeah, I can feel that with, like, uh, Dead Money, because I didn't have my uh, radio on for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that had some crazy ambiance stuff, so if it's anything like that, then I know it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. The vaults and Dead Money feel, like, they have a very similar atmospheric feel to them uh, when it comes to just, like, that ambient music. It's really fucking mm-hmm. cool. And then... Um... Yeah, I'm just sitting there listening to uh, Mr. New Vegas the whole time. Yep. I <laughs> In all the Fallout games, one of my favorite aspects is definitely just, like, putting on the radio and listening to it. I really, I love, like, old school music like that, so that stuff is always really fun for me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I also definitely give it a slap. So, yeah, mega slap for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? Um... I guess I'll just kind of wrap up. It's like playing New Vegas as a conscious adult is like, it definitely made me appreciate the game more because I, I like, I was going into it very excited to play it again, but by the Mm. end it was, it was kind of hard to put down. Like I did not expect myself to have as much fun as I did playing it this time. So I'm really glad I got to play it again. Right. And, uh, me too. I started playing it again on a whim before I even picked it. And uh, I was having so much fun that I decided we should cover it as soon as possible so I don't lose the seam. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, New Vegas, like, I, it, you definitely forget just how good it actually is. Mm hmm. Very good. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think it's about that time. <laughs> We're revealing the next game. All right. So, uh,. Declan, have you ever played uh, a Go Fuck Yourself Dad simulator? No. So, a Go Fuck Yourself Dad simulator is the kind of game where the main character, uh, one of the driving forces of their character is that they hate their dad. Okay. Um, uh, let's, what are some, what are some good examples of Go Fuck Yourself Dad simulators? Let's see. Um, Fallout 3? Yeah, well, do you hate your dad or do you just look for him in that game? Well, I hate him because he's gone. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, so Fallout 3, kinda. Um, if you go, even if you go with the right ending, the main character isn't the dad, uh, but a character you meet in that game is the dad, and if you fuck him over, it turns into a go fuck yourself dad simulator. Um, so yeah, so there, off the top of my head, I can't think of any go fuck yourself dad simulators, but I'm sure there's a lot. One go fuck yourself dad simulator that uh, came to mind and I've been thinking about a lot recently um, is very steeped in mythology, if you will. Okay. So 
much like how I was disappointed in us for taking so long to play a Nintendo game, I'm I'm disappointed in us, or I'm disappointed in myself specifically for taking so long to pick a roguelike, because mm-hmm. I love roguelikes. It is my favorite. I know exactly what. <laughs> it is my roguelikes are my favorite video games of all time and there was a roguelike that came out a few years ago Declan that blew yep. me the fuck away and we, we are going to play launch. yep we played it on launch and we played the shit out of it we are yeah, going I to remember. be playing Hades yeah oh man <laughs> dude I've been like foaming at the mouth waiting to play Hades again I'm so excited oh to God. play this fucking game it's so good yeah, um, I've also been thinking about it recently, which is weird. Um, but you know, I'm I'm excited. I remember uh, playing it on or when it first came out, like a week after it did, and uh, also getting the first wing among us, a win among us. So you know, whatever. I'll just leave that there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag, but I did get Not the to first brag, win in Hades. I got the first dub. Just saying. But yeah, so we're playing yeah, like Hades next because this game fucking Sweet. this game fucking rips. Awesome. All right, but I believe, other than the stuff we're about to plug, that's all we have for the show. Yeah. So um, we have an email, <laughs> uh, which you should definitely leave uh, listener questions and not l- listener fuck yous. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Leaving it at that. Um, it's at palisadepointpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have a Twitter as well, so feel free to give us a follow there at palisadepoint. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. Well, I we actually have uh, a thing to concretely announce. Um, so in the last episode, we talked about doing a, like a, a greatest of all time video game episode. Um, we have finally decided a day. We're going to do that. That's going to launch on, uh, September 13th. So that's, uh, it'll, I mean, same time. It's a Monday at noon, uh, is probably around when it'll go up. That's not next week. I guess it's, it's close. Yeah. By, oh yeah, I suppose by the time it'll go up or this episode goes up, it'll be next week. So you're getting, you're getting three episodes back to back. You'll get, uh, this one you'll get. Uh, the greatest of all time video game episode, and then you'll get Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this isn't much of an announcement, just a, a, a reminder. But uh, for those of you who have access to Apple Podcast, uh, please go leave us a, a rating. We that that kind of thing um, helps you know get the show out there and get um, get us some more listeners, so we can you know keep keep bringing content to you guys. Yep, and if you leave a one star, I'll find you. I don't, I don't condone that. <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> no, don't. You're gonna be, you're gonna be helping me hide the body. <laughs> Fuck! I was gonna say this has to go, <laughs> this has to go in the episode, and, but you could just edit it out, <laughs> so I could just completely fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you make me go to court because you kill a listener who left us one star, <laughs> I swear to fucking god, I'm, I'm not gonna kill a listener. I'm just messing around. Um, yeah. On a side note, I will find you. <laughs> anyway, shut the so, fuck up. <laughs> so this is the uh, that's the episode. Thanks for listening. Yep. 
Uh, so, so you'll get, yeah, so, yeah. Leave us that five-star rating? <laughs> yeah, because I know you will. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Goodbye, I love you. I love you too, guys. Bye.